Bible tells us that David is a man after God's own heart. That David loved the things that God loved and he hated the things that God hated. But most importantly, he loved the things that God loved. David was a man who was very much in touch with his emotions. He knew what it was like to experience joy and he knew what it felt like to experience sadness. But most importantly, David found a way to praise God in the midst of all of the situations that he encountered. And so in a real sense, David is a very credible witness as far as being a spiritual director or a spiritual life coach to us. As a matter of fact, I would invite you uh, to join me as we walk through the Psalms. And today we're gonna look at Psalm 1 because it is in Psalm 1 that we find the conviction of David that he loves the Word of God. And Psalm 1 is an introductory Psalm where uh, we begin to look at the five divisions of Psalm, but Psalm 1 sets the spiritual tone for what David wants to get across, the message that he wants to get across. But most importantly, when we think about Psalm 1, I want us to always keep that lens on as we walk with David through this journey. So let us take a look at Psalm 1, and we want to talk about living a blessed life. What does that look like when we live a blessed life? Well, David has something to teach us in Psalm 1. He says, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in due season and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So what does it look like to live a blessed life? Well, Psalm 1, the psalmist says that if you really want to be blessed, first and foremost, you got to watch who you hang out with. Look at what he says. He says, blessed is the person or happy is the person who does not follow the advice of the wicked. Now, one of the things I want us to notice in this passage is that there are two ways of life that are, that's in contrast here. There is the way of the wicked and there's the way of the righteous. And as far as David is concerned, there's no middle ground between the wicked and the righteous. Either you, you are following the path of the wicked or you're following the path of the righteous. And so David is very clear in this psalm what it means to live a righteous life. He says godly people are God-centered. They perpetually ask the question, what's in it for God? They are out to please God at all costs. They are out to heal and not hurt. But wicked people are self-centered, David is saying. 
They perpetually ask the question, what's in it for me? And they are out to please self at all, at all costs. They're asking the question, no matter who I hurt, I'm gonna get what I wanna get. So let's think about that because the question comes today, do we wanna live a God-centered life or do we wanna follow our own devices? David says to us that if we really wanna live a blessed life, then those who live a righteous life are rightly related to God. The righteous are blessed by their disassociation from the wicked. In other words, the righteous must keep their distance from the wicked. They have to follow the advice of God. Because I want us to keep in mind today that there are only two types of people that we encounter every day. There are people who are replenishers and there are depleters. There are people in our lives that when they come our way, they come to encourage us. They come to give us hope. Uh, they come to speak life into us. Those are replenishers. But then there are people who deplete us, that when they come our way, uh, they're always taking from us and never giving anything to us. They're always taking energy from us, but never giving us energy. And so you want to spend your, your life or your, your days around more replenishers than you do depleters. And this is what David is saying to us, that we got to be careful who we hang out with, because it's who we hang out with that will determine our path in life. He says, be careful. Don't follow their advice. Follow the advice of God. And so I would encourage you today, uh, don't walk, don't stand, don't sit in, in, in the presence of the wicked, but walk in the presence of those who are going to replenish you. David encourages us, and there's an African proverb that says, the friend of a thief is a thief. If you hang out with a thief, you soon become a thief. And so we got to be careful who we hang out with. And I want to I encourage you today, uh, just, just make sure that you keep your distance from the wicked. I'm not saying that you can't hang around wicked, but what, what I am saying is we got to be careful that even though we are in the world, that we should, should not be of the world. And this is what David is encouraging us today because he understands what it means to be around people who are going to replenish him. Uh, David had a friend named Jonathan who replenished him, who encouraged him. Even when Jonathan's father, Saul, was out to attack him and try to take his life, Jonathan was there to encourage David on his journey. David knew what it was like to be in the presence of God. He knew what it was like uh, to be in the presence of people who were going to replenish him. So, first of all, the blessed life is a life that is disassociated from the wicked. And now, I, I want us to take this journey as we move forward. And I want us to walk closer to God and in intimacy with God and move in his direction. So journey with me as we walk with David 
and discover the Lord of the Psalms. David is that we are blessed by our association with the Lord. Uh, look at what David says in verse 2. He says, but their delight, the blessed ones, their delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And I want us to highlight that word delight because it implies that the word of God is not a burden, it's a delight, it's a blessing to study the Word of God, to uh, get the Word of God into our spiritual system. David is saying that we should be infatuated with the Word of God because there's something powerful, there's something nutritional about the Word of God. I think that's why David says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So David says that we are blessed by our association with the law of of the Lord. He's talking about the Torah, the instruction. It's the wisdom of God. God says through Isaiah that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so we're inclined to get God's ways and thoughts into our lives and into our spiritual system. So David says, I want you to delight in the word of God. I want you to be infatuated with it. I want you to eat it. I want you to chew on it. Uh, I want you to find that when you taste and see the Word of God, you will find that God is good, uh, that it's tantalizing to the taste buds. But not only does David say that, he says that on his law, he meditates day and night. Reminds me of the story of Joshua, that when Moses had died, God speaks to Joshua and he says, Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And then God says this to Joshua. He says, this book of the law, the Torah, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. And then you will make your way successful. And then you will have a prosperous life. And so he tells Joshua to meditate on the word of God, don't let it come out of your, uh, come from your mouth. I want you to meditate on it day and night. And so this is the same thing that David is saying to us as we, as we desire to live a blessed life. So he says, turn the word of God over in your minds, uh, get it into your heart, not just into your head, but get it into your hearts so that you internalize it and it becomes a part of your spiritual system. And, and once we do that, we are blessed uh, by our association with the word of God. It reminds me of a trip my wife and I took. Uh, we went to our hometown and as we got on the plane, we saw a person that we knew very well. Uh, she was the flight attendant. And uh, she was serving uh, first class 
passengers, and we were way back in coach. And but because we knew her, and as we saw her serving those in first class, uh, she asked them, you know, what they wanted to eat, what they wanted to drink. And soon as she was done with them, she walked all the way back to coach and came to our seats and asked us, what would you like to eat? What would you like to drink? And so she treated us as if we were in first class. We had the same food that they had. We had the same drinks that they had. But also, we got a chance to watch the same movies that they were watching in first class. And there was a lady over to my left. My wife was sitting on my right. And the lady said to us, you two must be very special people. And I said to her, no, we just know that lady. We are blessed by association. And, and brothers and sisters, we, we are first-class believers of God, and when we are rightly related to God, even though we may be sitting in coach, God will treat us like we're in first class. And so you and I are blessed by our association with God, that when we walk with God, uh, when we are rightly related to God, when we have a vertical relationship with God, God says, I can't help but bless you. I can't help but bless you. I can't help but order your steps. I can't help but open doors for you that no man can close when we are rightly related to God. Because when we have that vertical relationship with him, the horizontal relationships will manifest itself. Our relationships with others will manifest itself that we are rightly related to God. And so David understood that uh, being a young man, David knows how it, what it looks like to walk with God. He was a young shepherd boy. And when God had called David from his family to be the king of Israel, it took 14 years for God to finally get David to that position where he would be anointed to be the king of Israel. But God had to order David's steps. He had to direct David for those 14 years before he got to the point that he was ready to be the king. And so I, I want you to know today that God is preparing you for something. God is walking with you. God wants to bless you. He wants to order your steps. And, and when you walk with God, it's the journey, not the destination that always makes the difference because it's in the journey that God shapes us. It's, it's, it's in the journey that God directs us. It's in the journey that we discover things about God that we never knew before. We will discover that God loves us. We will discover that God is gracious. We, we will discover that God has a love for us that is beyond measure. And so it is in the journey as we walk with God on this blessed life that we will discover that God is there and he's looking out for us every step of the way. So I want to encourage you today to be patient. Be patient as God develops you and shapes you and molds you. Be patient as God walks with you. And that's what David began to understand as he began to delight in the word of God. And as he began to meditate on the word of God day and night. And one of the things we notice about David is that David always found a way to praise God because David knew that walking with God made all the difference in the world.
last thing that David tells us is that the blessed person produces fruit because of their association with the Word of God. Look at what David says in verse 3. They are like trees planted by the streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. And all they do, they prosper. What David is saying to us is that if you really want to live the blessed life and you really want to produce fruit, it's by virtue of your association, your association with the Word of God. And really, what David is implying is that the relationship that we have with God is compared to a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Uh, that that tree doesn't have to conjure up fruit, but by virtue of it being planted by the rivers of water, that it naturally bears fruit. And such is the case in our lives that when we are planted by the rivers of water, and that river of water is Jesus Christ, that when we are rightly related to him and that he serves as sustenance to us, the very foundation of our lives, that when we are grounded in the word of God, we can't help but bear fruit. I remember when I was growing up as a kid, uh, my grandmother had fruit on her kitchen table, kitchen table that she, it wasn't real fruit. It was just, it was fake fruit. But if you first walked in a house and you were a guest, you would think that it was real fruit. And many times I think we as Christians try to conjure up our own fruit. And that's not the fruit that God is looking for. He, he's not looking for cosmetic fruit. He's looking for organic fruit. By virtue of our relationship with God, by virtue of our relationship horizontally with God and planted by the rivers of water, we naturally bear fruit. And so here's, here's the thing I want you to get, that living the blessed life is not a feeling, it's a condition. That sometimes we don't feel like we're blessed but I want you to understand this. By virtue of your relationship with God, you are blessed. Sometimes the circumstances that you are going through uh, may look like the odds are against you. And you may not feel like you are blessed. But because you know the Lord, because you know him, you are blessed. And so don't let your outward circumstances dictate an inner conviction and an inner blessing that God has bestowed upon you. So I want you to know that whatever you're going through the day, whether it's a job loss, whether it's sickness, uh, whether it, whatever is going on in your life, I want you to understand today that you are blessed even when you don't feel like you're blessed. And this is what David says to us, because I know there were times where David didn't feel like he was blessed when Saul was pursuing him. He didn't feel like he was blessed, but God made it clear that he was with David. And there are times in, in David's life where he lost loved ones and he didn't feel like he was blessed, but God was with him. And so sometimes when we read the word of God, when we get the word of God into our lives, it, it orients us toward, the, to, toward our relationship with God. But sometimes circumstances come our way and they disorient us and we begin to think, Lord, are you really there? Because I can't feel you, but our faith tells us that God is there. And that's why 
David says, they are like trees planted by the streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither. And all that they do, they prosper. David makes this contrast between the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And he says, the wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. One translation says that the Lord knows the way of the righteous. So the wicked choose a different path away from God, but the righteous choose the path, the narrow path toward God. And it says that the Lord knows the way of the righteous. That word know implies intimacy. It implies that God cares for the righteous. It implies that that you are the apple of God's eye and that just as God's eye is on the sparrow, his eyes are on the righteous. Just like this apple on the tree here that is growing and we discover that this apple was able to to mature and is able to grow not cosmetically but organically by virtue of its relationship to the tree. Uh, That this tree is planted and rooted and grounded and this apple was able to grow because it's rightly related to the tree. And such is the case in our lives that when we are rightly related to God, when we are rightly related to Jesus Christ, we can't help but be blessed. We can't help but be fruitful. We can't help but be blessed by God. And we can't help but be peaceful and full of grace because we are rightly related to Jesus Christ. The question for you today is, are you rightly related to Jesus? Do you know God? I want to extend an invitation to you to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you've heard this message and this message has resonated with you, I want you to understand that it's no coincidence God has brought you to this sacred spot, that God has brought you to himself and that he has allowed you to hear this message. And I want you to understand today to seek the Lord while he is near. And if you could just pray this prayer with me, Lord, I I ask that you will forgive me for my sins and I accept you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. And so I want you to understand today, if you prayed that prayer, Jesus Jesus wants to bring you in. He He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to set things straight in your life. He wants to give you the abundant life. So I encourage you today, that should be a website on the screen, upc.org slash Jesus. I want you to tap onto that website and we want you to seal the deal. We want you to, we want to walk with you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't want you to do this thing alone. And so we want to encourage you. And if you don't have a church home today, I want to encourage you to make University Presbyterian Church your church home. You need a pastor. You need to be covered. And wherever you are, you need to find a church home so that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because your relationship with Jesus will make all the difference in the world. 
Amen. Amen.